Howdy and welcome to the new year. Uh, this is Leanne from Your Dog's Best Life and we are going to noodle around a little bit with um, talking about touch. Uh, before that, I hope everybody had a new, great new year, great holiday. I'm hoping everybody has a better 2021 than 2020. I, somehow it's hard to imagine it could be worse, but eh, there's always room apparently. So hopefully everybody had a great holiday and is ready for a new year and new exciting things to do and, and putting hopefully dog events back on the calendar. Oh, I'd hope so. I certainly hope so. Um, so a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. So originally my plan, of course, was to do a counterpoint to the tethering podcast we did last time with Nita Gandera with Maggie, um, with Maggie, but Maggie, of course, is always busy and she was unable to meet me, quote unquote, online for a conversation. So we're gonna have to push that off to a different date. But be aware that the reason we were going to do a counterpoint to that podcast is that anything that happens in dog training, um, there's always a good reason to do it. And there's usually some reasons not to do it. And I think it's important to understand if it was a cookie cutter and you could solve every problem by doing A, B, and C, every dog trainer do A, B, and C, and we wouldn't need dog trainers. We would just need a book that said do A, B, and C. So uh, hopefully we will track Maggie down, trap her in a quarter and put her on here to give us her counterpoint. Cause it was interesting. And I actually ran into a dog at the same time who I thought had also had some problems related to tethering. So um, having said all that, uh, we are starting, trying to start on my Facebook page, a new um, kind of challenge per month. And so this month's challenge is to teach your dog touch. So if you aren't already on my Facebook page, it's Empire Ridge Ranch, just like it sounds. And the challenge is touch. I should pin it to the top of the page, but that might be above my pay grade. I'll go try. I'll go. I promise. I'll go try to pay, pin it to the top. But the challenge is touch. And we also have a little uh, video on how to teach your dog a basic hand touch. But I'd like to talk a little bit about the value of this behavior in dogs and what we can use it for because sometimes seemingly little bitty kind of silly flyaway kind of throwaway behaviors can be incredibly valuable and useful for dog training. And I think touch is one of those. So first let's define what I'm talking about when I'm talking about touch, because there are multiple ways to look at touch and we're going to kind of explore them each in turn. So the most one, the one that people are most commonly um, aware of is the hand touch. That's where the dog touches their nose to your hand. Uh, that's a very common touch. And that is very often the one that people refer to when they use the touch command. Um, hand, foot touch to hand, that's shake or high five. If you think about it, um, that is a behavior that we do teach and it can be somewhat useful. A lot of people, when they're teaching more advanced work, when they're doing healing uh, and pivot work and work for freestyle, will teach a, a front foot uh, touch bucket work where they flip over essentially a dog bowl, a rubber dog bowl, and teach their dog, generally through shaping, how to put their front feet on that dog bowl. And then from there, you can teach the dog to pivot around in circles, and that gives them hind end awareness. So there are multiple ways to, to use touch. You can also use what's called a touch stick which is a way to get the dog to target the touch stick and that's called targeting and um, targeting can be very useful as well and all of these are a type of targeting so 
now I've confused the shit out of everybody, let's go back a step and talk about the very basic nose touch. So the nose touch to the hand um, can be trained in a couple different ways. And we have, um, we have video of, I think, one or two ways on my Facebook page. I will try to put it in the show notes so that you have those as well, at least links to those. So you kind of understand what I'm talking about if you haven't trained your own dog to do it. But what it is, is you're, you put your hand down, your dog touches their nose to your hand. Uh, duration and strength of that touch can be up to you. And I want to just talk briefly about how, how kind of powerful that can be. It just seems like such a throwaway behavior. And I'll, when I first started dog training, I thought it was a throwaway behavior. I, a lot of people would say, oh, I taught the dog touch. And I was like, what, to what end? What is the point of this? This is why? I mean, good for you, I guess. It's really easy. It takes about 10 seconds to train most dogs to do touch. Um, but I didn't see the point. Um, as I progressed in my dog training career, I've kind of seen the versatility. Doesn't mean I necessarily train all my dogs touch, but I can see the value in it for certain dogs, certain circumstances to make things um, a little more explicit and helpful to them. So let's just kind of describe a couple of those. Once we teach our dog to touch our hand, if we think about this, as you take your hand, you make it flat, you place it down towards a dog head height, the dog approaches the hand and sticks their nose up against the palm of your hand. That is a touch. Think about what you can use that for. Let's say you have a dog who's allowed on the furniture, but you need to teach them off. You can take your hand, if they already have a touch behavior, put your hand on the floor, the dog will jump off the couch to get to your hand to touch it. You mark yes, you've just started teaching an off behavior and you've trained it without any leash grabbing, collar grabbing, conflict creating, pushing of the dog or anything along those lines. This is a very benign way to teach a dog to move. Um, you can also teach a dog to move out of your way. If you've got a large dog and it's always in the way and in doorways and things like that, you can simply take your hand, put it to the side, ask the dog to touch. Generally the hand, just that, that is enough of a cue. Most dogs just see the hand and they go to it, or you can put it on a verbal cue. The dog will go to your hand. Now they're out of your way. Now you can begin training that behavior. So those are two very simple things. The third is that you can use touch as a positioning cue for a recall. Uh, recall is just a fancy word for teaching your dog to come when called. Many people struggle with this. Uh, there are a lot of different pieces to teaching a recall and making sure that it stays a solid behavior in your dog's repertoire. But one of the behaviors that we struggle with, sorry, apparently my phone is attached. Uh, one of the behaviors that we struggle with is where should your dog recall to? Uh, when you call your dog, do you want your dog to just come to your general area? Do you want your dog to come to your feet? Do you want your dog to come within grabbing distance? What is a recall? If you put your hand down as your dog is coming, your dog will hit on your hand because that's a touch behavior. And your dog will start to understand that that position is a piece of the recall picture. So if you're training a front, you can put it down at front height, kind of between your knees. So the dog comes into a straight front to your hand. If you don't care what direction your hand dog comes to, you can hold it out to your side. If you want a heel behavior, you can flip it around. So the dog comes and immediately flips around to a heel. You can already see that this can also make the recall more powerful. 
um, you're doubling up the amount of behaviors that you're paying on. You're both rewarding the recall and rewarding a touch. And dogs really love dog uh, touch. So um, those are those are some kind of fun little things that you can do with touch. Let me give you another example that was kind of a weird way to use touch. Uh, Ruby is kind of the only dog I've really trained to do touch cons uh, consistently. The reason is, is when I first got her, she has this explosive, bouncy, happy greeting uh, for any time you see her, really. I mean, she could be asleep and this is how she greets you when she wakes up again. And the greeting is jumping all over you and clawing the crap out of you. And she's very enthusiastic about it. She loves you. She's bouncing, bouncing, bouncing. And obviously I don't want to punish that because I don't want to create a situation where she has mixed emotional feelings towards coming towards me. So I don't feel comfortable punishing a dog for throwing, showing enthusiasm for being near me. But at the same time, I certainly don't want a dog who claws the crap out of me. Uh, so I needed to come up with another option. Uh, because Ruby shows so much enthusiasm and joy and bouncy, asking her to sit would kind of be a recipe for a failure. And sitting, I always tell people, is the perfect launch position for them to leap up and poke you in the eye with their nose. Um, if you want to teach a dog a backflip, the sit is where you start because you've coiled up those back legs and you've made them into a little spring. So the last thing I need from Ruby is more springiness. So I, but I did need to deal with the bouncing. So I taught her a hand touch. And then all I simply did was take that hand instead of holding it at dog nose height level, I faced it down and lifted it up to shoulder height and asked her to reach up for it, which meant that she got to bounce and boing and tigger all she wanted but it was for my nose instead of my body and so now she can greet me with bouncing behavior she spins and she bounces and she ricochets but her feet aren't on me that's the part that I care about now I don't even have to hold my hand up anymore now if I go out or I she wakes up or she remembers that I exist and she comes in on screaming up to me and bouncing and having fun she just defaults to that behavior because that behavior takes the behavior she wanted to express. We, I love you. Let me bounce up and down. I'm going to bounce because I love you. It took it and made it appropriate so that I can live with it. Um, and then I can slowly start extinguishing that behavior by only rewarding her with petting when she sits. So now what I get is instead of her jumping and clawing all over me and this kind of fraught upset, because I don't like that and I get annoyed and so there's fraught, it's upset, it's collar grabbing, getting her off of me, all of that. Instead of it being this big, ugly thing, what it is now is bouncing, 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 but she knows she's only gonna get petted if she's sitting, then she decides to sit. Or at least hold still. I don't care the position, it's just not bouncing. So she can stand and wiggle, but she has to hold still. So either sitting or standing, doesn't matter which, now that behavior is starting to slowly encroach on the bouncing. The bouncing might always happen and I don't care, but there's less of it and she's a little less manic and now she defaults almost immediately to either a sit or a stand so that she can get petted because that's really what she wants. She wants the attention. I mean, she's excited and she's happy and that's self-rewarding, but she also wants attention from me and she knows the only way to receive that is to hold still. So I took that same touch behavior and I used it as an outlet for her silliness. Um, which I think was 
kind of fun and in a different way of, of, of dealing with that. Um, foot touches, which we talked about a little bit at the beginning, we can use obviously for basic stuff like high five. That's a foot touch to your hand. Um, you can use it. A lot of people do some really cool things with training balance work and uh, canine conditioning using pods, these four different pods and their dogs put each foot on a different pod. That's all foot targeting. Um, I use a touch bucket for all uh, heel work and pivoting training. And that is, like I said before, I simply overturn a dog food bowl. I, those rubber ones you can get at um, feed stores. I think I'm maybe um, big box stores might have them occasionally, not dog, dog, not really dog, dog type equipment places, but feed type stores have them. They're rubber buckets. They're small, but they can generally, unless you have a huge dog, they hold the dog's weight really well. If you have a huge dog, I just recommend, recommend getting a smaller one and a big one. You can put the small one upside down underneath the big one and then it holds their weight. Uh, so anyway, you flip it upside down and you, I use shaping. You can use luring. doesn't matter teach the dog to put their front feet on the bucket and then they can learn to pivot um, and use their hind end. You can use that. That's how I trained a, um, a really annoying behavior with a foot touch to ring this really annoying buzzer uh, that Cody's madly in love with and tag will do until you take the buzzer away from her. Um, so that's, that's foot targeting as well. You can train foot targeting to teach your dog to go to a location that's considered place. In that case, it's actually their whole body is kind of targeting that location, but it is sending the dog to a location and paying them for going to a location. So it is a form of targeting. Uh, so, so place could be considered a form of targeting. You are targeting the dog to go to their bed or crate or what have you, and then they get rewarded for that behavior. And then it becomes, becomes reinforced. And then you add a verbal cue to it. And now you've got that behavior. Uh, you can teach things like a send out for obedience with uh, touch behavior or other marking behavior with generally a cone. Um, you'll send the dog out to the cone. The dog will nose, nose touch the tone or a cone or foot touch the cone. That's your send out. You start to use the word to send out and then you slowly fade the cone until it's gone. And then the dog simply goes out to a point that you've arbitrarily chosen. Um, so those are some of the uses of the word or of the of a cued behavior called touch. Um, if you go to my Facebook page, Empire Ridge Ranch on Facebook, you will see a really awkward video. It was live. It was really bad of uh, me trying to use because I'm using because I'm doing the challenge too. So it, during the challenge, I'm training Cody Noodle, my one of my little red border collies to hug uh, my other border collie dice. And I'm using a uh, foot to hand touch behavior to theoretically train to move the foot to hand to slowly change that to foot to dice. And the idea is to cute this, create this little cute hug thing. Uh, so far it's not going as well as I had imagined. Mostly it looks like she's punching him in the face. Like I said, there's a really awkward video that's pretty awkward of uh, her just smacking him and then putting her feet on his head and just general chaos. But, but it is, it is something you can use to train uh, some slick and fun tricks. So using a front foot touch that you can generalize to the environment can, that's the beginning of parkour, which you can get online titles with parkour, Google uh, international canine parkour, I think is what it's called. 
Um, and you can look at all the, they have all the different levels and you can send in videos and get cool stuff. But the, one of the beginning behaviors is two up or a touch at elevation. You can use that for um, taking photos in the desert or if you, you know, hike on tree stumps and things like that, have your dog learn to use a foot touch and have them touch on um, rocks or trees or what have you and teach a stay with that behavior. And you can get some really fun photos of your dog kind of leaning up on things. So there are a multitude of really fun, easy things to train. Uh, just or, or easy, yeah, easy ways to train simple things with this very simple behavior. And it can become very complex. Um, targeting is also how all those circus dogs, you see them all running back to their little their little platforms, that's a targeting behavior. Uh, dogs who run out, run out, ring a bell with their nose, that's a targeting behavior. The Clydesdales on most of those commercials are generally trained using targeting behavior to line them up. There's a generally going to be a target on the ground that they can see and they run up to that target and halt. That's part of the, the training for it. Uh, the nosing of objects and or footballs for the value or for this particular, these commercials, that's all targeting. Um, you can move your dog through space with targeting. Um, if you, this is a great way, if you are trying to do a repeat, a repeat of behavior, say for agility, let's say you're doing weave, weave pulls. And you want nice, clean loops. You want, you don't want, when we say nice, clean loops, this is a Hannah Brannigan thing, and she's just amazing at it. And if you've ever seen a video, if you ever want to watch a video of somebody training who's just unbelievable when it comes to clean loops, Hannah is, oh my God, it's just gorgeous. So anyway, uh, a clean loop means that the dog knows what they're doing from the beginning of you asking the behavior all the way through the ward system and to the next beginning of a behavior. So you don't spend your time going, sit fluffy, here's your treat fluffy. Oh, come back fluffy, sit fluffy, here's your treat fluffy. Oh wait, don't wander off fluffy, which is often what we have happen when we're beginner trainers. Um, is we ask the dog for the behavior, we get the behavior, we reward the behavior, but then the dog doesn't know what to do now. And so they just wander off or, or you know, scratch their ears or lay down or what have you. And by creating this clean loop, uh, of behavior where the beginning of one behavior and or the end of one behavior kind of puts you in position for the beginning of the next loop or next rep repetition of that behavior, then you don't have all this wasted energy and time with your dog wandering off and forgetting what you're doing. And you're always kind of begging for their attention over and over again. Again, for information on this, go to Hannah. She's, she's amazing. Hannah Brannigan. Um, she probably has stuff on Fenzy uh, Dog Training Academy for that or sports dog, Fenzy Sports Academy. I should probably get the name right if I'm going to recommend them. But anyway, having said all that, uh, let's say you've done an agility, let's say you're practicing uh, weave pulls for your dog. So you've just had your dog run the weave pulls, but you want to practice it more than once. Your dog exits the weave pulls. Well, now what are you going to do? If you have a touch behavior, you can have your dog go to your hand. You can take your hand, take your dog with the hand, with them touching the whole way around, back to the front and do it again. Your dog can follow your hand. Your dog can press into your hand. If you want your dog to press into your hand, you can teach your dog back up. You can teach your dog orbit, which is to back around you. Um, I, I tried that and I really, really sucked at it, but I think that was much more me than the dog. Um, there are a thousand and one things that you can do with this incredibly, incredibly simple behavior. And so the challenge is 
think of what you want to train. Think of how touch might do it. Um, like I said, I liked the basics for, for people who just starting off in the training, in their training journey. You know, maybe they have a puppy or they have a, a dog they just acquired, or they're just starting to decide that they need to work with their dog. Generally, it's because problem behaviors have arisen. And the most common problem behaviors that we see that are DIY that, you know, you as a, as a normal, any normal human being can, can solve without having to hire a professional trainer or really get down into the weeds is jumping on things. You shouldn't jump on jumping on granny, jumping on the kids, jumping on people. Um, and, and having that touch to just start that process and really, really empowering the dog with tons of reward history so that when they see that hand down, man, they are, they are hauling ass that is a very powerful place to start. And it's a very simple behavior that can reap huge dividends uh, with really fun, interesting things. So anyway, this is a very short podcast because we were trying to trap Maggie and she ran away from us. So um, anyway, I hope that was helpful. Like I said, there will be some videos in the show notes and on my Facebook page, of course, there are some videos and we're talking about touch all month long on my Facebook page. So you aren't, haven't missed anything because we're already a couple days into the month. Um, happy new year to everybody. Uh, welcome back. We hope everybody's still enjoying our podcast, even though there's been some changes, you know, since we started, but we're going into the second, you know, year and putting that in air quotes. Um, thank you all again. And, uh, like rate review, share, and if you haven't joined my Facebook page yet, you're welcome and in fact urged to do so. You can join in the challenge. It's not a group, but we are, you're welcome to post videos under, um, under the other posts, or you can text them to me. Um, my, I believe my phone number and all that information is on or message me on Facebook. You can message me the videos and I'll post them. Uh, anyway, uh, happy new year. Uh, welcome back and happy training.